Folks, very warm welcome to the latest edition of the Generation Podcast, a podcast where we look at mission through various eyes and uh, at various contexts. We are, it is produced by Generation, which is the mission wing of the Free Church of Scotland, based here in Edinburgh in Scotland. But again, we're not in Scotland today. We share uh, our airspace today with our guest. My guest today is Susan Yado-Zabo. And Susan works with GBU um, in Paris. Now, you will not know what GBU is, but we will soon find out. Susan, a very warm welcome. What is the weather like today in Paris, in the Paris area? Uh, right now, it's very cold. This week is, I think, about five degrees. Um, but uh, it's not raining, so that's good. Yeah. Now, you don't actually live in the city. Tell us where you live. Uh, so I live in uh, a west, northwest suburb of Paris uh, called Cormeille-en-Parisie. Uh, so it's, it takes about 20 minutes by train to get to uh, the city of Paris. Yeah, what is Paris like? Is there a bit of a buzz about it? Well, right now with the we're currently in lockdown, so um, it's not the the usual buzz today. Uh, with the less uh, tourists around, uh, people staying at home. But uh, generally, yes, usually there's lots of people about, and uh, it's quite a busy, busy city. <laughs> Great. Tell us a wee bit about yourself, Susan. I mean, I know a wee bit. Uh, some of our listeners maybe know some, and others wouldn't. Yeah, uh, so my my name is Susan and um, <clears throat> my maiden name is Buchan. Uh, so I was born in Scotland and um, my parents are Scottish, uh, but uh, I grew most um, grew up most of my life in France, uh, in the south of France. And um, my parents were missionaries. Uh, they worked uh, with uh, GLOW, it's called, Gospel Literature Outreach and uh, Echoes International to uh, working with uh, church planting, um, evangelism, uh, children's and youth work. And so um, I grew up in a, a Christian home, uh, but uh, I be- became a Christian um, um, and made a personal decision to follow Christ around 10 years old. Um, and so up until today, it's a journey of growth and uh, spiritual growth. Um, yeah. So I did all my schooling in France, um, and uh, in 2009, um, all of my family, we moved back to, to Scotland. Uh, so my parents are currently living in Dumbarton, and uh, I went to be a student in Edinburgh. Uh, I was a student at uh, Napier University, and so I studied languages and uh, business and um, yeah, so I've been in Paris for six years now, uh, working with the GBU, which is the Christian Union uh, equivalent. And uh, first I was a volunteer for two years and uh, now I've been a full-time staff worker uh, since uh, 2016. And another thing about me, I'm, I'm married uh, to Guy Stevie, uh, who is French and uh uh, but uh, his dad's from Ivory Coast, so that's why uh, the name <laughs> Nyadu Zebu, that's where it comes from. Uh, so we got married uh, just last year in May uh, 2019. And uh, we actually got married in Scotland at um, Loch Goylehead, 
uh, and the Gist TV was uh, wearing a kilt. Tell us a wee bit about, I mean, you work specifically with international students. I'm guessing that the Paris area, the Paris student scene is pretty cosmopolitan. So tell us a wee bit about that work. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in Paris, um, well, Paris is the largest city in France, and um, usually there's about uh, 60,000 international students uh, that come each year to, to study in the capital. And uh, now with COVID-19 and uh, uh, the current situation, there's probably less uh, students at the moment. Uh, but yeah, in general, uh, it's quite a cosmopolitan uh, city. Uh, lots of people from various nationalities. And um, in France, uh, the top three countries uh, where the students are from uh, are uh, Morocco, Algeria, and China. Okay. Yeah, for the international students. Yeah. Um, so. The Chinese folk tend to learn French, obviously. Yeah, there's some some of them. Yeah, they do. Um, I met one Chinese student once who who had all her her classes in English. Uh, so some people do uh, come to study in English, but most of them uh, come to study uh, in French and have all their classes in, in French. Yeah. Yeah. Now you you were you were raised in South of France, so presumably you're naturally bilingual. I mean, do, do you like French as a language? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, do, do you it's a hard language. <laughs> it's a very hard language to learn, I'd say. But uh, I'm glad I, I was a. Uh, a child when I started learning it, uh, so it was easier to learn. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so my um, with my family, we always spoke in English uh, when I, when we were uh, when I was growing up uh, with my sister as well. Um, it was only when um, me and my sister were arguing, I think I reverted into French. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself thinking in French? Yeah, people do ask me that question, and uh, it's I don't really know to be to be honest. <laughs> I think usually it's in English, um, but uh, depends of, of the context. I think uh, if I'm around French people, I think I'd think in French. So at home with your husband, is it English or French? Yeah, I have to say it's French, uh, but uh, we have tried to speak in English. He wants to uh, to practice his English, and so um, we tried some days to speak in English, but then we just revert back into French. So. Right, well, yeah. you teach him English with a good Scottish accent, that would be great. <laughs> Tell us a, a wee bit, uh, Susan, I mean, folk talk about a call to mission. In many ways, mission was a family business, but can you tell us what your, your call looked like? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, yeah, interestingly, interestingly enough, um, I never really thought I'd be a missionary abroad one day when I was growing up. Um, I didn't think I would fall into my parents' footsteps. Um, and uh, I never had a clear message from God saying, go to France, uh, go to Paris, or be a missionary. But um, <clears throat> I think... I think God used key moments in my life uh, to lead me to where I am now. And uh, 
first of all, just growing up in a um, as a missionary kid, uh, growing up in um, with my parents, we are at the local church, um, evangelism and reaching out to uh, to others with the gospel just was a part of life. <clears throat> Sorry. And so uh, I think as a young child, uh, it had a, a big impact on me uh, when we were meeting with other missionary families and uh, missionary kids my age from other countries. Um, I think uh, I, I just loved meeting people from all over and uh, growing up, um, yeah, also hearing uh, people's stories and uh, their uh, mission context. And so as I was growing up, um, mission was very part, very much part of life. And um, my parents organized short-term mission trips um, over the years. And people came to serve where we lived at the time. It was called bagnol sur in the south of France. And um, so um, as a child, you, you see that uh, happening. Um, and... Um, I personally went on a first on my first mission trip was um, when I was 15. Uh, I went to uh, help a church. It was a um, glow mission team um, in Antibes, so near uh, Nice in the southeast of France. And um, I really enjoyed that uh, first mission trip and uh, made some long lasting friendships. And so um, being able to travel to different uh, places and uh, meet new people, uh, being part of a cross-cultural team. Um, I think that was my first experience, uh, um, being part of a cross-cultural team. And, and I think that has impacted me today, up until today. So, uh, so yeah, being part of mission teams uh, as a child. Um, and then uh, as a student, I was part of the local Christian union at uh, Napier University. Uh, from day one, I wanted to be part of that. And um, if um, yeah, if you don't know what UCCF's vision is, uh, it is to see students reaching out to other students with the gospel of Christ. And so being a missionary on your campus uh, is very much part of uh, what the Christian Union is about. And so as a student, um, also, I was very much um, involved and, and mission and reaching out to, uh, to non, non-believers. And um, that time, I would say, with the, with the Christian Union, um, it helped me uh, grow in my faith. Um, and I was also part of um, a Relay, uh, which is a discipleship and training course for graduates uh, led by UCCF. I did that in Dundee. Um, and I really thank God for that opportunity. It was uh, a great, great year. Um, and I'd say that um, God really worked more in me <laughs> than, um, than I did for him uh, with the with Aberty Christian Union. And uh, that year, um, I would say, it really anchored me in my faith in Christ. Um, I think uh, I've I would say that that year was key in my uh, in my Christian faith. Um, I was no longer just a Christian because of my parents uh, or because of my background, uh, but because I knew that the gospel uh, is true and it is good news for the world. Uh, so that was really a key moment, and I'd say in my year in my in my life, um, uh, where uh, yeah, 
Jesus and the Bible really became um, very, uh, very important in my life. Um, And um, that's when, just after really, that's when I decided to to move to Paris and uh, to work with another student movement. uh, So with the GBU in French, it stands for Groupe Biblique Universitaire, uh, University Bible Group. And um, that opportunity to uh, continue to work with the students and um, uh, really um, share share the gospel uh, with those who are lost, who are who are in need of of Jesus. Okay. So can, yeah, can, yeah. Can, can I push back? I mean, we'll unpack some of that in a wee minute. As yeah. I'm interested in you grew up as a missionary kid, um, sometimes called Mish kids. Did you have a, a sense of, of being different? <laughs> Did you have a sense of, of resentment? Did you have a sense of privilege? Oh, good question. Um, yeah, I'd say at the beginning, so I, I was six when my parents moved to, to France. Um, my sister, she was three. And um, at first I did ask uh, the, myself the question, well, why, why is it? Our family, the ones um, having to go, <laughs> having to go to France, and uh, not another family. Um, I didn't really um, like having to be uh, separate from the my extended family. Um, and uh, growing up without my cousins and uh, not being able to share in Christmas and uh, birthdays and all those things. Um, I think yeah, I was quite. Uh, saddened by that as a child um but um yeah I think growing growing up uh, especially at school um it's funny because uh, you you have a sort of identity crisis you don't really know if you're Scottish um or if you're French uh, when I was in France people would call me La Scottish um and when i came to to scotland for for holidays or for the summer uh, people would consider me french and so yeah i think for uh, missionary kids and this was the third culture kids uh, it's quite difficult to to know where where is your identity um, um and um you sort of question uh, why <laughs> why it's happening to to you and your family. What was it like being being a kid, uh, a minority kid? I mean, I have a sense that you know you're an evangelical. You're living in a town in the south of France. Were you like the you know the Scottish equivalent would be the Jehovah's Witness in the class? I mean, what what did folk perceive? Sorry, I didn't catch that question. Yeah, how did you feel? You know, growing up as an evangelical in a town in the south of France. I mean, in Scotland, folk would say, "Well, it'd be a bit like being the the Jehovah's Witness in the class, the kind of odd cult uh, member or sect, rather." Um, is, was that the same for you? No, I I never really had any um, neg- negative experience um, in school. Uh, I would say uh, when people ask me, so what do your parents do? Um, I would say my my dad is a pastor and uh, that would really stop the conversation. (laughs) They wouldn't really uh, ask any more questions, but that that just made them um, know that, oh yeah, Susan's a Christian. 
uh, because her dad's a pastor. Um, but uh, I never had, thankfully, any uh, negative um, experience of um, mockery or whatever. So, um, yeah. How are evangelicals perceived? Yeah, um, I think in the past, maybe as a, a sect, uh, as you as you said, um, I, I wouldn't say that it's uh, the same now. Uh, I think it's still quite, um, yeah, uh, not many French people under, understand what uh, evangelical Christians uh, is all about, um, because. Um, religion isn't really taught uh, about in schools and so um, when you hear on the on the news for example when journalists talk about christians they they probably mean um catholics uh, because catholicism is uh, uh was the the main uh, the main religion at one point in france uh but um yeah now the for evangelicals um yeah, the French don't really know what they what they're about. Yeah. So um, I, I guess the growth in secularism has really been beneficial for you in that it's such a multicultural country that you know your views is one among many in the melting pot of ideas. Yeah, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Now going back again to your student work, so tell me what would a normal day look like? Um, so I'm really interested in knowing how you would engage international students. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's funny with uh, student work. It's I wouldn't say that every day is the same, um, and uh, because um, I'm basically the one um, setting my own timetable and um, uh, basically choosing what I do <laughs> during the during the day. Uh, so, uh, but usually, yes, uh, during the week, I um, I would have. Um, uh, meetings with my my team, so I have a team of volunteers um, that uh, help me reach out to international students. Uh, called well, the team were called iConnect, and uh, since 2000, 2016, uh, we've been um, well. A team has been there for uh, for international students, and uh, we try to. Uh, to meet together um, either once a week or every two weeks to uh, to plan events uh, for internationals, uh, to pray uh, for the ministry uh, together and uh, uh, just um, grow together in more skills uh, for uh, reaching out to internationals. And so, uh, so yeah, I would lead workshops uh, from time to time for or either for my team or for the students. Um, and uh, I really enjoy um, preparing uh, workshops and uh, leading those. Um, I would also read the Bible one-on-one. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm reading the Bible uh, with a friend of mine and uh, we're reading uh, the book of Ephesians. Uh, so we just started that uh, last week. And, Is this person uh, a known Christian? What's their profile? Yeah, so she's, um, she would say she's a Christian. Uh, she's from a Catholic back- background. And, um, and so uh, she, would, she doesn't go to church, um, but uh, she would go maybe every now and then with her, with her parents. Uh, so, so, yeah, it's a bit uh, uh, confusing, I think. Sometimes uh, you, uh, you don't really know um, 
if someone says she, they're a Christian, then uh, they might have different views on on religious uh, religion in general. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, my friend, she's um, I'd say she's a, a young believer, uh, and she's still uh, getting to to know more about uh, the gospel and uh, uh, about Jesus. And so, uh, so yeah, it's an exciting to to see yeah. her. Tell me, tell me what questions students are raising just now with you. Um, what questions? Yeah, I mean, what's what's in their worldview? What are the big issues that they're they're wrestling with? Yeah, I think right now is um, probably the question about suffering, and um, um, yeah, why why is there suffering? And uh, uh, I suppose with the COVID-19 uh, situation um, and that brings out a lot of questions about, um, yeah, just uh, God in general and uh, if he if he is good and if he is um, all-powerful, uh, why does he let these things happen? And um, I think that's the main question at the, at the moment. Um but also um, there is the question that comes up again and again about um, um, uh, do all are, well, yeah, do do all paths just lead to, to God? Um, the uniqueness of Christ is something yeah. to many folk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I were to ask you, what are the particular challenges where? I mean, in your day-to-day work, what are the kind of roadblocks that you find, the things that really think, wow, this is a challenging situation? Yeah, I think, um, so with the laicite, so that's the secular laws that uh, separate the state from religious institutions, um, that brings a lot of um, negative view, perhaps, for some people on anything religious. Um, and so the roadblock with that means that uh, with students especially, uh, there's some students that you meet on campus and uh, you try and um, strike a conversation with them about about God or faith or, uh, or religion and they just, um, they don't want to. Uh, they think that um, uh, religion is a, a private matter and uh, they don't really want to uh, talk about it um, for some, uh, not not all students, but some of them. Um, and so with that, with the negative view that they have on religion in general, um, we try we try and invite students to, uh, to really uh, discover the Bible for themselves. That's what uh, the GBU uh, is all about, that um, they organize uh, uh, just uh, student groups, um, Bible studies in French, they call it discussion autour de la Bible, a Bible discussion, um, where uh, students can come uh, with their questions and we invite them to have those questions and to uh, really discuss about the about the Bible passage um, and not to just um, um, stay in their preconceived ideas, uh, I guess, um, but to really uh, consider the facts and to, um, to yeah to see what um, what Jesus is all about for themselves even if they grew up as a um, as a Christian in a Christian family with, uh, or a Catholic um, uh, family and they still may not know 
uh, what the message of the the gospel is, and so uh, that's what really what uh, what is good about the the GBU is that they they invite the students to think for themselves and to yeah. discover from scratch. I mean, sure, I mean just to kind of butt in there, I think something that's emerged the last few years and it's almost revolutionary, but it's simple is reading the Bible with people. You know, um, UCC one to one stuff. Um, there's a, a movement here in, in the UK reading the Bible one-to-one. I was talking to a guy called Jeremy Marshall a few months ago about this. And, it, you know, it seems almost basic, to, you know, de- mm-hmm. get, go back to the original text, yep. see, see the story in it. Because most most folk don't don't know. To most folk, it's kind of dull religion. Um, you know, J.B. Phillips, who did a paraphrase of the Bible, famously said that when he was working on his paraphrase and going through the Bible, it was like rewiring a house with the power still switched on. You know, it really was electric. Mm. And, I mean, as folk are exposed to the Bible, are people surprised by what they're learning? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think we, sometimes they don't really uh, think that the Bible is relevant uh, for today. Uh, and so... When um, like some concepts or topics like forgiveness, uh, revenge, or things like that um, come up in a text, uh, some of them are quite surprised. Oh, the Bible talks about that, um, and uh, yeah, so it's really good to it's exciting to see when people are really, um, uh, I suppose, um, confronted with the with the text as you as you say. Um, and they see for themselves what what the Bible <laughs> talks about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, can you give us a, a kind of flavour of the French spiritual scene at the moment? There's been a lot in the news. Macron is battling a lot with uh, Islam and, and religion. Uh, you know, there's been the various bombings. I mean, what what is the mood in the kind of national discourse? Are folk yearning for a you know, a really French secularism, and how, how does this affect your ministry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, right now the situation in France is getting more and more complex. I'd say um, there are people that are getting more and more suspicious um, about religion in general, and um, with the the recent uh, terrorist attacks um, just this year, and even in two thousand fifteen. Um, with uh, yeah, done by radical Muslims. I think uh, that has really, um, yeah, um, I suppose uh, uh, makes it confusing for many people about uh, what religion is about. And um, I think lots of people are are wanting. Uh, religion just to to be out of the uh, out of society, uh, but um, maybe um, in spe- specifically out of um, um, the government and the public sphere. Um, and so, with the la laicite, that's the um, as a big thing in France. Um, as um, as I said earlier, uh, separating religion from the state. Uh, La laïcité, um, in one article I just read this week, um, 77% of French people believe that la laïcité is an integral part of French identity. And um, it's really important uh, for uh, for French people. And 
But La Laïcité is misunderstood, uh, I think. Um, some people think that La Laïcité means that you can't speak about your faith or religion in the public sp uh, sphere, uh, but um, that's not true. Uh, what's allowed um, is, what's not allowed, sorry, is that um, you're, you can't force someone to believe what you believe. That's proselytizing. Uh, but uh, what is allowed is you can share your faith and values with respect and uh, have open discussions with people from, from different views. And um, yeah, I think um, right now I'm um, I'm wondering uh, about uh, La Laïcité being, it seems like a, a religion in itself um, for, for many French people. It's very sacred, uh, untouchable. You can't touch the, the laws of Laïcité. And um, um, yeah, with the with schools. So I grew up um, going to school in France, and uh, in schools, religion is banned. Uh, so you can't wear any uh, uh, obvious um, religious symbols, um, and um, and so uh, yeah, up until university, you can't really um, talk freely, <laughs> as it were, about uh, your faith or or religion. And um, uh, yeah, so it does it does affect ministry. I think, uh, as I said, the, with the one of the challenges with student ministry is that uh, that uh, causes a lot of negative uh, negativity um, about anything religious, and um, and so it also means that you can't. Um, you, yeah, you have to watch where you ad advertise for anything. Uh, for the GBU, for example, uh, you can't really go into a university campus and start flyering um, or put up pa posters. You have to, uh, I think, of new ways, be creative and reaching out to, to students, and um, which isn't easy. Um, there, uh, there, there are times when with the GBU we we go out uh, to different campuses and uh, we try. Uh, to, to meet new students and uh, so we have to stay on the on the pavement uh, we can't uh, go into the campuses and um, and so yeah compared to the UK when I was a student with uh, with Napier for example or in Dundee uh, it can be um, more difficult um, to to be known as a student association um, we're not legally we're not a um, um, we're not an organization known by uh, universities, so we're not a um, an organization or association within a particular uh, university. Uh, but um, yeah, when we talk about the GBU, for example, we uh, we we say that it's a cultural organization; it's not a religious one. Uh, so we we do read the Bible, yes, but we don't, uh, for example, pray um, at our meetings or official meetings for for these for the students. Um, but um, yeah, so it does. Um, sometimes it is hard. There's doors that are closed uh, to uh, to yeah to to the GBU. Yeah. I mean, uh, but, um, yeah, I know you work a lot with international students, but I always thought maybe this was a stereotypical view that, you know, French folk were thinkers. You know, I'm thinking of the left bank there in Paris, uh, you know, in the Latin Quarter, you know, with writers, artists, philosophers. Um, I think mm -hmm. they used to say that the left bank was where Paris learned to think 
Mm-hmm. Is there still that, that tradition of, of debate about the big issues? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, debate uh, and discussion is um, yeah very very important for for French people. Uh, they like to to debate, and uh, that's why, in one sense, uh, that uh, the GPU they call the Bible study is not a study but a discussion. As uh, that um, yeah, that interests more students, uh, more non-Christian students um, <laughs> than a, an actual study of the Bible. Uh, yeah. I mean, you you work again with international students. Uh, I think that's you know diaspora is big. Folk are moving away. China, for example, you said it's the same here in Edinburgh. Chinese students dominate the international scene. You work with students from Morocco, Senegal, India, all over. Um, would you say this was a unique opportunity for the church, and if so, in what way? Yeah, uh, definitely. I'd say it's a very unique uh, uh, opportunity, um, not just for France, uh, but uh, even in the UK and other uh, countries as well, where uh, the church can really reach out with the gospel to uh, to students from all over the world. And um, with um, yeah places like China, uh, where it's not uh, very easy uh, to talk about uh, your faith or to talk about Jesus, um, there's people coming from from closed uh, countries to the gospel, coming to our, our cities, coming to our countries, and uh, perhaps have never had uh, a Christian friend um, or heard the gospel, uh, and so their time in in the UK and in France, I think, is very key, um, and we we can uh, invest in these relationships. I think um, in cross cultural relationships, it's uh, it does have a big impact on um, on their life and their future, and um, so I think yeah, international student ministry, I, w- I would say, is strategic in that sense um, that uh, um, yeah, people from all over are coming. Um, and so it brings a lot of opportunities to share the gospel. And um, I would say I would encourage people to to try it out, uh, to, to see where uh, international students are um, are staying, where where they're studying. And um, if you are a student, to uh, reach out to them um, and um, befriend them just uh, as a friend, not <laughs> not uh, as a evangel- evangelistic project. Uh, but uh, get to know get to know them. Um, I personally find it really fun uh, to discover uh, someone from another culture. Uh, it's a great learning experience um, uh, for for everyone. I think to to learn new things about your own culture, uh, but also um, the different perspectives uh, of another culture. And um, it helps to be open. I think uh, to different ways of living, and uh, it's teaches you also to respect um, the cultural differences. Um, for me, it's a, it's a very rewarding experience uh, to work alongside uh, international students. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you must, you must be very international in your mindset. I was going to ask, you know, for you, Susan, where is home? But, you know, mm. you, your Scottish parents, you lived in France husband from the Ivory Coast, you know, working with international students. <laughs> you really must have a, an internationalist worldview. Yeah, yeah, I think so. 
definitely. Um, when people ask me where am I from, I do say Scotland. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I do consider myself Scottish, uh, but um, with my experience and uh, having lived uh, mostly outside of uh, the UK, I think that brings a lot of uh, international um yeah, just to being open to um, to other cultures, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So home for you is kind of in, in Scotland, you would say? Yeah, yeah, I would say that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So uh, what is this week looking for you? Is, is, it, is it during COVID, has it been difficult? Yeah, yeah, right. Right now, it's quite a challenge, uh, really, with uh, with COVID nineteen. Everything's gone digital and virtual, and um, it's uh, sometimes quite difficult to uh, to see the students engaged with uh, what you're what you're doing, what you're offering. Um, right now, we uh, during the month of November, we had um, online international cafe, and uh, we also had. Uh, an event called Let's Chat. Uh, so we talk um, talk about different is- issues or topics. Uh, the last one was on self-care uh, during COVID-19. And so it's I think it's difficult because for international students, they, they go abroad, they're away from family and friends and uh, they come to a new country. They've not had time to, to meet uh, or to make friends uh, in their new country, their host country. And uh, bam, there's another lockdown, and so it's quite difficult for internationals to um, yeah to make new friends and to really um, have a um, I suppose a social bubble uh, during their time abroad at the t- at this time. And so um, with the iConnect team, we're trying to uh, think of ways, creative ways of how to reach out to them um, and. Um, uh, get to know them, even though right now we can't really meet, um, but everything is done virtually. So yeah, that that is quite a, a challenge at the moment. <laughs> yeah, Susan, it's it's been great talking to you. It's coming to the end of our chat here, um, so please, you know, be assured. Many of the folk here will listen with interest, with prayerful interest in your work with GBU. Um, you work as well with UFM. Just in, in conclusion, what's, how does that work in terms of the relationship between you, UFM, and GBU? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. People do ask me that. Uh, so I am a UFM missionary. So UFM stands for United for Mission. And um, I really value UFM as a uh, an organisation They. Uh, they provide uh, pastoral care. Um, I, I meet up with uh, one mentor uh, to to talk and to pray together. Um, and uh, uh, they also, um, yeah, just help me with the uh, deputation when there's time to, to or, yeah, when going going back to to Scotland to meet with uh, uh, churches. And so. Um, uh, I am sent by my local church um, and uh, missionary with UFM, and uh, uh, the relationship, I suppose, with uh, with uh, GBU and uh, IFES. IFES is the the global uh, global organization. Um, yeah, it's just a, a partnership um, um, partnership in um, in France. Um, yeah, as a as a missionary with uh, with UFM. Great. 
Susan, thank you so much and we wish you every blessing for the next few weeks, few years working in Paris. Thank you for no, giving us time today. Thanks. Thank you.